Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. of family services uh, is get to see the kids and be a part of their learning. Uh, kids are learning all the time, and, uh, and this is just one, one place where they learn. And, uh, and obviously, uh, as any parent knows, you kind of have to guard what the, the kids are learning. Um, and uh, so that means changing the channel and muting the television and all sorts of other things that, uh, that we have to do our best on. Uh, Unfortunately, the, the television people think that there's uh, inappropriate content goes right in the middle of a kid's show sometimes, so uh, definitely something we have to be on guard with. But, uh, but we love family service uh, because that's what, that's what church is all about is family. And so this morning, um, Nate, if you can get that first slide up there. Can I just say something about family service? I suppose you can. <laughs> we make it a priority in this house. Um, one of the things that naturally came out of the well when we started getting together were um, a couple of things, which was family dinner. And because we met in the evenings, we would always have family dinner after service, and we would just meet in our home for that. And that's just something that kind of naturally happened. And then um, with kids, we want people to know that family is important to us. And they are not a distraction, but they are the church and if we don't make them feel comfortable in the house of the Lord, they will not be here when they're adults. And so it's extremely important to us. So we do not look at kids as a distraction. This is an opportunity for them to learn, to be in big service, and to know what that's like. So that when they age out of kids' ministry, they're not like, I don't want to go in that room. That's not a place that I've been welcome before. And so we want them to know that they're welcome here. So, Amen. Very nicely said. Well, thank you. Good job. Doesn't she make me look good? Flattery. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this morning we wanted to talk a little bit, as Sophie was saying, about uh, kind of the vision for the house. Um, and we're going to take a little walk down memory lane. It's going to be fun. And uh, for some of you who have been here from the, from the start, um, it, it, it'll be enjoyable. I'll just leave it at that. Um, yeah, so what do you say okay. about that? All right, so as you can probably tell, it doesn't sound like we're from around these parts, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so sure enough, in 2011, um, God brought us here. And I could tell you all the pre-story, but we don't have time for that today about how he brought us here. But we came in obedience. Um, it was for a job for Wade. And uh, we. Then um, that's why we were moving here. His job was being phased out, and they had offered him a position in Michigan and in Benton Harbor, and so we sought God, and he closed doors and opened doors, and that brought us here um, in 2011. And, uh, and so as we got here, um, we just, uh, we were very connected with our church family, uh, working in ministry and, and all those types of things, and we stepped out of that to come here. And uh, so we were just ready for whatever God was going to do. Uh, it's so hard now to then make the, to the transition into 2019, but from 2011 to 2019, we um, also served as youth pastors for six and a half years at a church in Waterville, which we were grateful for the equipping that took place there and the opportunities that that afforded us while Wade still worked 
at Whirlpool, which he still works at Whirlpool. So, um, but that was a great um, breeding ground for us to, um, for Wade to really launch into ministry and to find his legs under him for that too. And, uh, and so we're grateful for that time there. Um, but in 2019, uh, God spoke a word to me. We were in the middle of a fast, um, corporate fast that we were doing at our church and at the beginning of the year. And on January 7th, I heard the Lord speak the word, the well, to me. And I uh, was, I knew immediately, sometimes when God speaks to you, you're not certain what the word means. But I knew immediately, didn't have quite the confidence to declare it. Um, but I knew immediately it was a ministry or a church. And I, it was so real in me that I believe I yelled through the house and then Wade was in the bedroom because I was working on some devotional stuff. And uh, I went into the bedroom and I was like, Wade, I believe God just spoke the name of a church to me or a ministry. I kept saying that. I always say a church or a ministry. And, uh, and so he was like, okay, you know, what do you say when somebody kind of crazy-eyed comes in? But I was so, like, I just knew that moment where you know that God spoke. And that, there was nothing else that had spoken that moment. And so that was, uh, that was on January 7th. And, uh, and the dates become important in the stories. So that's why I want you to hold on to that date. But, um, but that really started us on a, on a journey and a process because, like I said, we were in ministry. We were connected to a house. We were serving. And so we, were not, we did not move to Michigan to start a church. That was not, we have always served under a pastor. We've always served in Tennessee. We served for 16 years in a house there under pastors that we loved, and we loved serving under them. And so that, that just was not, we didn't go looking for that. Did we feel the call of God in our life? Absolutely. We knew that there was calling and ministry in us, um, but we were doing that. You know, we were, we were serving in that capacity. So, um, so I, I did what any 2019 person would do, and I did a Google search. Um, true. Something, uh, something I just want to interject there. Um, you know, in moving up here in the season we went, through was an equipping season, and the neat thing about it was is that we recognized it, um, and, and so I just wanted to, to bring that out, because I feel like God sends us through seasons where he's trying to teach us lessons, he's trying to grow us, he's trying to stretch us, and I believe it's in preparation for the next season, so there, there's never, um, I don't know, I've just developed this belief that God is too big to, to fully arrive. Like, if, if we continue to pursue him and go after him and learn and grow in him, he always has more. Um, and so, so the, when we came up here and the season we went through where we were in youth ministry um, was really a growth and an equipping season, uh, especially for me. Uh, but even for Becky, she was doing some things that, uh, that it, if you were to ask her, what's the top 10 things you would like to do? It wouldn't appear on those lists. Um, yeah. So, so she did a like lot of lock things. Lock-ins, 24-hour lock-ins. I ain't interested. I won't be there. Don't invite me. <laughs> so, so we did a lot. We learned a lot. We really went through a season of growth there, and and did some things that we didn't wouldn't have chosen, but nonetheless feel like God has has grown us and equipped us through that. Go ahead. Yeah. <clears throat> 
So um, when, he, when he spoke the well to me, he took me to John chapter 4, verse 10. And it says, Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I'd give to you living water. And so he just began to open up John chapter 4 to me in a way that I had not seen it before, that I had not understood the Samaritan woman and what her story was and how it all connected to us. We're all thirsty for a drink. We're all looking for something. We're all longing. We have hurts and we have pains. We can relate to the Samaritan woman. She was an outcast. We've all felt like that before, like we don't belong to the family. But that, that Jesus said, hey, I've got something greater for you, and it's an everlasting drink, and it, it will quench your thirst and make you long for more all at the same time, Amen. right? And so, um, so he just began to show me and open up that story of her like I had not seen it before. And I thanked God for that revelation. And so what became my favorite four words was, if you only knew. If you only knew. And that's what Jesus said to her. If you only knew who I was. And that's what he's saying to us right now in this moment. He's like, if you only knew, you would drink of me. You would take everything that I have for you. So... Um, so I get excited about that. <laughs> I get excited about that. But I didn't know what to do with this word. Here it was, the well. I was like, okay. I wrote it down. I felt all these feelings on the inside of me. I went to Google. I thought, well, maybe there's a ministry already um, established. Um, you know, maybe he wants us to connect with that ministry in some way. And so I did a Google search. I didn't come up with anything um, except for a church that was about an hour and 15 minutes away. And it was called the well. And so I, you know, I thoroughly investigated that thing and we looked at it together and we were like, well, what is God saying? You know, what is he doing? What is he wanting from us right now? And so 2019 became a year where we just sought God because we just were not sure and we sure didn't want to step out of what he had for us or what he was speaking to us. And so as the year kind of rocked on and we began to talk and we began to pray what God was saying about that, I was, of course, holding it very closely uh, we were holding it very closely and and I, I'll be honest this longing and this ache began to form inside of me that I didn't have an understanding for and all it felt like I remember telling Wade that I was so afraid that I would die with this inside of me that I would not have accomplished what God had called me to do and that ache inside of me was so strong and uh and and poor Wade he'd be looking at me like okay <laughs> And he was feeling the drawing too, but you know, he just his experience is different than mine. And uh, and Wade needs burning bush moments, <laughs> and we'll talk about his moment. I'm sure. I think that that's something about being a guy. I guess you have to be hit over the head with it a few times. It's what seems to be pretty common. Um, all the wives are nodding their head. Yes. <laughs> So we, we actually had an opportunity to visit that church because we were like, well, maybe there's something that we're supposed to connect with. I mean, an hour and 15 minutes is a long way to drive for church, but Lucas told us the church alive is worth the drive. So we were like, maybe. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, we did get a chance to go visit, and it was a great church, but it wasn't it. It just wasn't. And it's so funny because they were nice people. And I remember us like sauntering out of the building after service. You're just like, just looking, you know, like God's going to send the, this is it. God's going to send the answer. Right now we're going to know that this, <laughs> this is it. Nothing, nothing. 
Oh, goodness. So it's so hard, you know, when you just know something is there. And it's so funny because I might have squeaked this out. I was actually able to release this word on January 12th of 2019. That will also be a significant date. I was able to share this through a devotional, what God was speaking to me through the woman at the well. And then I do think I I might have accidentally, in a moment of weakness, shared it with Katie LaFon on a youth trip that I felt like God was speaking a ministry or a church that he gave me a name, and I was still trying to figure that out. So there are lots of little moments. And, you know, when God is doing something in you, he's asking for little moments of obedience. He is. He's asking for us to just be obedient in each step. And they're little steps and they're small steps and they seem like not that significant. But I think every act of obedience unlocks another measure of where he wants to take us to. Every time we give him our yes, it's so significant. So we um, roll up into um, about October of 2019. And by this point, we knew that we needed to uh, start We knew now that it was a church. By this point, we knew that it was a church, and we just didn't know God's timing on it and how quickly it would happen, but that we needed to start making an exit plan out of ministry, and we needed to start making preparations for that, whatever it looked like. And so um, that year was our 25th wedding anniversary, and we were going on a trip which was the longest trip we have had away from our children in 25 years. True. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy to say, but it's just that's just our journey. Um, I don't highly recommend it for anyone. I think you should definitely prioritize dates and all those yes. things. But that's just the way our, if you knew our story, that's the way it worked out. So, which was fine. Um, so we take this trip to Tennessee. We're going to what's called the Ruach Conference. We're attacking that onto our anniversary trip, which is at our home church in Chattanooga. And Daryl and Katie went with us to that conference. And uh, so there were witness to all that went down, uh, the good, the bad, and the overwhelming um, of it all. That's good. Good job. <laughs> and uh, we actually had not, de- they were in leadership with us um, in youth ministry and uh, and had been, it felt like the whole time, it was pretty well almost the whole time we were in youth ministry, they served with us, and, uh, and we had not shared any of this with them as well, um, just because we had not. <laughs> um, so anyway, we go down to the, to the conference, and Wade has his burning bush moment. And uh, we go, we are so excited. I have to tell, kind of interject this. This is, yeah. So Daryl is so excited to go to this conference because at the time, Ron Carpenter was his man. And Ron Carpenter was going to be at this conference. And so we were so excited for Daryl. We put him on the end of the, end of the row. We're like, okay, Daryl, you sit right there so you have a good view of him. And, and Wade and I are sitting on the inside, and Katie is sitting there. And uh, and and. Uh, Ron Carpenter starts to preach, and almost like in the middle of his message, there was a transition. You want to tell this part? Well, I think it, I felt it was like more at the end, and, and it was one of these where he had, I felt like his message was done, and, he, and it's one of those things where it's like, oh, and one more thing. And he starts to, and I can't even Whoop. tell you, I can tell you the words, actually. <laughs> But um, I, I won't read all that, but, but it was one of these moments where 
one of the statements he made, and I felt like he was like, I don't know, that, I mean, that, that sanctuary is so much bigger. thousand people, right? I'm 15 rows back or whatever, and he's looking like right at me. He says, that thing that's eating at you will never leave you alone. And Wade crumbles. And I crumble. <laughs> it says, God is waiting on your yes. And so we got it, and um, and it takes a lot of surrender in those moments because you you know there's a weight to it, you know there's a responsibility to it, and frankly you don't know exactly what you're getting yourself into, but you know the one who you're following, and that's where your trust has to be. It doesn't matter how comfortable you are in it and how foreign it might feel, you just have to trust in the one that carries you and is going to lead you through it. Amen. Uh, it's hard for me to go by with not sharing more of that word he spoke over you, but I won't. I won't do it. But I just think that there may be other people. Nevertheless was the word. Nevertheless, I'll do it. Nevertheless. And we all have those moments, right? And I remember talking to some people. It, there's, a, there's a cost that comes with, that, that comes with giving your yes. But it was nevertheless, I'll, I'll follow. I'll follow you no matter what. And that was the moment for us. It was. And uh, um, it's funny, though, because we hadn't told Katie and Daryl at all, but yet they knew. They knew that, that Ron Carpenter was talking to us. And, uh, and so we had a lot of hard and long conversations after that service, shed a few tears together, because it's not easy. It's not easy to radically follow Jesus. And there is a cost to that. And, uh, and so we knew... Um, that that wasn't going to be an easy thing to do. So we get back from that, and we immediately meet with our pastors because we need to let them know what is happening, what's happening in us, and uh, what God is speaking. And so we do that, and within two weeks of us meeting with them, we'd been released from that house and from ministry, and uh, we took a sabbatical season. That was in October of uh, 2019. We met with a small group of our launch folks. If you were at any of those launch meetings, would you raise your hand? Higher. Nobody can see them. Yes. So we still have um, pieces of that launch team that are still with us. And, uh, and so we would, we would meet for praise and presence um, before we left to go on our trip in October. Um, we had an opportunity to say yes, and we hosted our first. Are we going to show pictures now? Can we show, yeah, some we pictures? Can show some pictures? Okay, pull up the first slide <laughs> of pictures. Okay, so we started meeting in our garage, our two-car garage. We're in good company, though, because apparently Craig Rochelle started in a two-car garage as well, so just want to say that for the record, <laughs> whatever that's worth. But that top picture up there in the corner, we cleared out our garage, um, and, and we were like, we'll just meet there. We'll just meet and, and, and gaze upon Jesus. That's just what we'll do. We're just going to worship him. We're just going to gaze upon him. And that's just what, what it's going to be. And so we would meet on Thursday evenings and we bought a couple of carpets, you know, like any good person would do. So you don't have to lay on the cold concrete, right? Cause it is October after all. And that's probably, is that Brittany over there on the carpet? And uh, so we just put up some lights to have some lights in there, and that's what we did um, for a, a couple months. Yeah. 
And uh, this is the progression, kind of. We got some chairs donated um, for us. It just all came together. We have a drum cage in our two-car garage. We had 20-something chairs in there. And, and we'd just go after Jesus, right? Right, Ken? We'd just go after Jesus. So, um, so kind of in our launch team meetings, we were like, well, you know, we, we really need to start having a service of some sort, you know, at least cast the vision, like to give people the taste of the well, because we have that all in us, but we need to share it. And so we, um, we decided just to have what we were going to call like a little taste. And we had our first service on um, January 12th of 2020. And we were established as a church on January 7th of 2020. And those, that was exactly one year after God had spoke the word. We did not orchestrate that. That's just the way it happened. And so we um, had the first service, and we just never stopped having services. Yeah. And you guys know what 2020 was like. <laughs> it was COVID year. So um, we had 10 services in that space before shut lockdown came. Um, and there was no way we could social distance in a two-car garage. I mean, I was so close to Lucas sometimes, I could like <laughs> smell his breath. He was playing on the piano. We were afraid to make eye contact with each other in that, yeah. in that space. Yeah, I, I want to illustrate coming to the altar or coming to the front. <laughs> that was it. That was it. If you're on the front row, that's all you had to do. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so then um, on Pentecost Sunday in 2020, we had our first in-person service again. We had to go online when we had nothing to go online. Like, we had to still figure out how to feed our sheep, you know. And God really worked that out. It was a very interesting little process. There might have been some people breaking the law to make sure we got all of the <laughs> things done that we needed to get done. But we um, were able to put some videos out during that season just to keep the family connected. And we just did what he asked us to do. So our first Easter was spent not in person, but we, um, we did it on Facebook. So anyway, um, I love our story. So we were outside for a few weeks, and that really wasn't working for our culture. Like, we're an intimate culture. We love Jesus, and we, it just really wasn't working for us. And so we have a barn on our property. Next slide. So this was what we looked. We had a tent for a couple of weeks. And then just so happens we live on a small farm that God knew. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew exactly what we were going to need and, and how we were going to be utilizing it. He gave it to us. He, we wanted to share it with people. We never knew it would be a church that we would share it in that way. Um, but this is what happened. It's a 3,000-square-foot barn. We cleared out part of it, yeah. and we set up a sanctuary, and we went back indoors. We moved our kids to the garage. And we would meet in the barn. No indoor plumbing, so you had to go to the house. <laughs> but it's a great, it was great. It's a great thing. And so we took a big metal building and we turned it into a sanctuary. And Jesus was there. God was there. Anything you want to say about that? No. Anything, anybody? <laughs> That's funny. 
No, I mean it. <laughs> no, I mean truthfully, it it was a lot of work. It was, uh, you know, a bit of an inconvenience and and all of that. But you know, when when um, when you have the opportunity to gather and you see people's lives being changed, it all makes it worth. It does. It all makes it worth it. Um, so yeah, so we're. Uh, you know, in all transparency, we're in here now. We're obviously not there, but um, but that side is still largely empty. So I hadn't figured out what to do with it. It's slowly kind of gathering some things on the floor, but we hadn't figured out <laughs> quite yet what to do with it. So yeah, yes, yes. I have to say though, it's funny because we didn't want to go into the barn. That's why we were in the garage because one time. Um, I'm just ratting all of y'all out, so it's going to be on the podcast. Your names are all going to be. But there was this one opportunity um, that we had to meet with Lucas and Sam, and uh, we were having lunch with them. And when we finished, we, we had just downloaded to them what, what was happening. And uh, this was in uh, October. And so we got to talking, and we were like, well, we got the barn. You want to come look at it? And so we came, and he and we walked through it, and we talked about the possibility of it, and, they were, and then like some time passed, we were like, no, we don't really think that's the right thing that we should do, and then we still ended up in the barn, which I think is kind of funny, um, so, but God knows. He knows, and he puts resources in our hands, and if we'll give him those resources, he'll use them however he sees fit. He will, he'll, and he gave us the grace to do that. I had people in and out of my home uh, several times a week. You know how many times I clean toilets a week? Oh, my goodness. It was insane, insane the number of Times I clean toilets. I know we shouldn't bring that up, but he gave us the grace to do that. He gave us a wonderful group of people that that loved us. And that was one of the things. Sometimes it's so scary to step out in faith with God. It feels so scary and uncertain. And it, one of the things that, that was a hindrance for us is that we were lonely when we first moved here. We didn't have church family. It took us almost a year to find a place that we felt like God wanted us to be. And that was a lonely season. Did we grow from that wilderness season? We absolutely did. And he gave us a lot of tools and taught us to stand on our own two feet with Jesus. Um, and, and those are grateful things. But the thought of us walking back into that kind of a season was hard. Because we knew it was going to cost us, and we just weren't sure how much it was going to cost us. But we knew that we were about to make a radical step, and we were gonna, might possibly have to leave behind everything and everyone that we knew. And that we'd have to start from the, the beginning. But, but God yeah. sent us a beautiful group of people. We had more community just within months, real community, than we had in our whole Years. previous season that we had been where we had been. So God multiplies if we'll just allow him to do through us what he wants to do. I think that was off track, but I think it was valuable. It's good. It's good. Let's go to the next one, Nate. All right, awesome. So... Um, so I guess let me preface this one. This one turns more towards uh, this year. But, um, but through that season, we, when we were in the barn and through COVID and all those kind of things, we, we were always looking for a place. Um, and we probably looked at at least eight different places um, and tried to negotiate on at least four of those. Um, and, and frankly, when, when we heard about this place, we were in the middle of, of frankly, making plans for another place. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but God orders our steps. 
And I believe he opened a door and made some connections here in town with Pilgrim Rest uh, that, are, that we, we've not yet begun to really recognize the value there. But they had this uh, facility that, that they were, were not using other than to, to rent it out for birthday parties and graduations and, and more of uh, events and things where people needed a larger space. And, uh, and I remember coming here and the first time they, they showed us the building, uh, we brought a small team out. We wanted them to see what we were getting in and what the space was and what we were going to have to do. And I remember we left brokenhearted yeah. uh, and disappointed because they were like, well, yeah, just tell us what days you want to use it and we'll get it on the calendar. And, um, and yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that we don't schedule someone on top of you and that kind of thing. And we're like, okay. <laughs> so we had different plans. Um, and so we... we uh, I think it was that night we, we got a call together, everyone that was here, and kind of got feedback from everybody, and, and everyone kind of in unison was, was saying that, yeah, but that's going to be so hard. we got to set up, we got to tear down, we got to keep our stuff. Is there, can, we, can we use some of the space they have and leave our stuff there? And then is that wise? Because then someone will get into it and something will disappear, right? Um, and so we, we finally said, well, let's just call and ask. Let's just call and ask if we can rent the whole place. And, um, and frankly, I think God had given them some difficult rentals uh, just prior to the season that, that we came um, that made our offer very attractive to them. Um, and we did. We just asked them if we could rent the whole place um, on a monthly basis, and, um, and that turned into a, a two-year agreement. And so, um, so we've been here now since May. May. Um, so we'll be here, I don't know how many months that is, I was going to try and count, but I'm not going to. Um, but we'll be here for the next little while, um, and this will be our home. So, so we're tickled. Uh, the picture up there on the left is, uh, is their pastor on the left, uh, Carlton Lynch there, and their leadership team gathered around. Um, obviously, you can see they're taking pictures of it too. This was a, uh, obviously a big moment for them as well. Um, and so... Uh, so yeah, so we, we gained another family on the other side of town, and one of the first things uh, I was honored to be able to do was they asked me to come and speak, um, which is the, the picture here. Apparently, I put my hand in my left pocket a lot. Um, it's funny what you notice about yourself. Um, but anyway, uh, but I was able to go and, and speak to their congregation and... Um, and I, again, I just think there's, there's more in that relationship than, than just allowing us to pay their, their mortgage bill and, and us to take care of the property for them. Um, I think more is going to come of that, and I'm excited to lean into that. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, Cindy probably remembers the, the top center picture. I'm looking. There you are. <laughs> um, this is uh, one of the, the first days that, that we kind of, Got everything settled, and we were coming in to, uh, to kind of spruce the place up a little bit. Uh, we got 10 yards of mulch delivered, and uh, Cindy was out there all day in that mulch, uh, as well as some other people. But I remember Cindy, uh, at some point I had finished up what I was doing, and I, and I go out there to help Cindy. And, uh, and you could just, you know, just the, it gets everywhere. She's black on her face, looked like she'd been in a coal mine, you know. Um, but, you know, we started doing some work on the place and got some chairs and things moved in. Um, Daryl uh, put the floor in in the, uh, the children's uh, room in there, uh, as well as 
lots of other things. Lots um, of painting, lots and lots of painting. Yeah, but we spent the next four weeks. Getting it ready, painting. Eight weeks, is that what you're saying? No. Oh, I thought. Painting. Painting, yes, there was a lot of painting. And there's still some more painting to do. If you're gifted at painting, <laughs> um, you could probably show us a thing or two. Um, but um, it really was a labor of love. Uh, it was exhausting, yes. Um, but it was, it was really great to see everyone pulling together and, and getting things done. Um, I don't know that we will ever want to do that again, but... Uh, we'll do what he asks of us. But, you know, I, a long time ago, I said I'd never get on another roof again, and I've been on like four since then. So never say never, but it was really good. There's still obviously a lot of work to do and a lot of things that we would love to do, um, but we'll wait until maybe we own the building, and then we can do some bigger things. So our first service after COVID um, in 2020 was on Pentecost Sunday, and our first service in here was Pentecost Sunday of 2021. Dates are significant, folks. They just are. If you'll recognize them, God is a God of timing, and um, he orchestrates things and lines them up. And so, uh, yeah, I just have to throw that little tidbit in. So it's made me more aware walking through this of how significant those kinds of things are. All right. Well, that kind of brings us to today. And so we wanted to, um, to not only share our journey, but kind of share kind of some of the founding things. Um, and, and that comes out in a vision and mission statement, uh, values and things like that. And, and this is one of the things that, that when you establish a church and you go through the, all the process to file the appropriate paperwork with the state and all that kind of stuff, is they ask you to, to put all of this in paper or all of this in writing. And, and I can tell you that, that that's a challenging thing to do. It's a challenging thing to do to take all of the, the passion and all of the desire that God has put in your heart and all of the direction you feel like you're getting from him and try to put that into something concise that you can share. And I think about the scripture, I think it was on our opening slide about writing the, the vision and making it plain. That is a hard thing to do. Um, I shouldn't say hard, challenging thing to do. Um, and so, so we've taken some time and we have, have tried to capture it here to the best of our ability. And, and so that's what we want to walk through in these next few slides is some of those things. And uh, we're going to start here with our, our vision statement. And you hear this a lot when we open service because we want to make sure that, that you hear it and understand it. And then we're going to dig maybe a little bit deeper into it here today. Um, and, and it breaks down into this. So our vision for the house is cultivating a culture for more of God. And I already talked a little bit about that. But more presence, more power, and more purpose. We believe that if we spend more time in his presence, that we will grow in the authority and power that he gives us, and that those prayer for, for all of those things, all of those battles we face, all the direction we desire, all of those things will be easier to attain if we'll spend more time in his presence. And so that's, that's what our vision really boils down to, is just getting, being very intentional about getting to that place of intimacy with God. And that can be a challenging thing to do. People get hurt. People have hang-ups. Uh, people have bad habits they got to overcome, and that's the cultivating piece of it. I mean, if you think about cultivating the garden, you're breaking up the, the ground. You're, you're, you're breaking up those hard soils, that clay-packed soils, to get to where it's a fertile, soft ground that you can plant in. And that same process takes place in our hearts and in our minds. And so that's, 
that's kind of what we want to drive to here. The end goal is that intimacy. It's that place where, where you and God are, are, are walking in one and walking in unity, and that, and that every need is met, every prayer is answered, and that you can walk in that perfect peace. But getting there requires that cultivation and growing in that time of intimacy. And then the word more. We just, that's what we kept hearing. We want more. We want more. We want more of God. We just want more of him. There's more of him to be had. There's more of him to be discovered. We just want more. <laughs> and so that was our heart's cry. We were hungry, hungry, hungry people. Do we read the mission? Or you... uh, I thought that might be good. Okay. So our mission statement says we seek more of God. This is how we, this is how we go after more. Uh, we seek more of God through authentic worship and real relationships with Christ while reaching the world through his love. And that, that's broken down into our values. So how are we doing that? Um, if we're, if we're look, you know, going after more of God, then how are we doing that? And so our values are authentic worship. And that means that we pursue authentic worship that leads us into his presence. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's not looking, you know, we're not just waiting to go to heaven, folks. He's asked us in the Lord's Prayer, he said, pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we should be creating here on earth. We should allow God through us to create heaven on earth, literally. It should, we should live like we are citizens of heaven. That should be what it looks like for us. And one of the ways that we do that is through authentic worship. Worship for us is an authentic experience. It's not, about, it's not about a show. It's not about the lights. It's not about the voices, which are wonderful and lovely. But it's about authentic, pure worship. And that's why we spend some time, because we're going after his presence. We want more of his presence. You can't do that with 15 minutes. You just can't, you know. Not to the depth of the longing of our hearts for that. So the next thing is kingdom culture. So it says we are recognizing and releasing God's gift in people to minister as the Spirit leads. And we do this also through fivefold ministry. So um, one of the things about kingdom culture is that um, just structurally here, we, we kind of we look at our leaders. Um, our leaders are here, right here. And we're constantly equipping you for the work of the kingdom equipping you to go out and do what God has called you to do. We don't work from a top-down theory. We work from a bottom-up theory here because Jesus came to serve. He came to serve, and that's the way we lead here. So the best that we want to see, you come out, we want to see come out of you is just like it says in Ephesians 4, that the fivefold ministry is given for the equipping of the saints for the work of the kingdom. So we want to release you into the gifting and the calling that God has for your life. And we want you to come here and be able to be, become equipped. So the house is set up under a fivefold structure. That means that our leadership is made up of apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. And the reason that we do that is because we know that Scripture says that the fullness of God comes through the, the working of the fivefold ministry. And that's going to bring out the best in you. If you, uh, just really quickly, um, depending upon churches that you've been in before, you could probably identify, although they may have the title of pastor, they probably function in one of those fivefold ministries. But oftentimes that's just one person that's leading the church. But the leadership structure that we felt that God led us to 
um, was that this particular fivefold ministry needed to be represented in the body of Christ in the house of the Lord. And that equips you best for the work of the kingdom. That's why it's not always just Wade and I that share um, or that release word. We allow the other fivefold ministry to also speak into your life because you may get the apostolic piece of it from us and 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 um, some teacher from that. But then you need to hear from the evangelist. You need to hear from that person that's going to fuel us to go out and to, and to preach the gospel to everybody that we meet. And you're going to need the teacher who dives into the depth of the word that causes that to grow inside of you. We need the prophetic word because the prophetic word shows us where we're going. They hear from heaven and they show us where we're going and we need that direction. And the pastor, you want a pastor. You want a pastor. You want someone that's going to love you and nurture you and pray for you and know that you have value in the kingdom and they're always your cheerleader. And so, so we have just adopted that particular model because we felt like that's what God called us to. Well, I would say he called us to it, and, and in, in that calling, also exposed where we've not seen that in some of our experience in the past. And once you, once you recognize it, once you, once you understand the fivefold and you recognize the different giftings that God has placed in the church, when they're absent, you can really see it. Now... Have we fully arrived? Have we got it all figured out? No. We're still working on it. We're still trying to figure out how that, that works. But honestly, I can look at my history and my past and, and the churches I've been in and served under or visited, and I can, I can see where they're strong here and they're weak here. And if you don't cover that gap, there's going to be people that go, I, I love to go into church. The worship is great. Um, I feel loved, but I'm not growing. I'm not getting in the word. I'm not learning. Or other churches, you're going to be like, yeah, we, we, we're great. We're in the Word all the time. I really feel like I'm learning a lot. But if I missed, I don't know if they would miss me. So on one hand, you know, you don't have the pastor. You don't have someone there to love you and care for you. And it takes, I, I think, a very, the churches that are able to do this well through a single leader are ones that are really, really gifted. Really, really gifted. And God has put a certain calling and gifting on their life to really fulfill all of that. And I think it's far more common that churches operate with gaps in that ministry and people suffer as a result. And so then um, we move to real relationships with God, family, and others. We want you to have a real relationship. We don't want you to just come here for an experience. We want to see you grow with God. We want to see your family grow and flourish. And we want to see you then take that and share it with other people to have real relationships with them. And then relational evangelism. We believe in the in investment and connection to people. It's not about how many times have you said the Lord's Prayer or the sinner's prayer, but it's about relationship. It's about building relationship with people because that relationship will be their example of who Christ is. We are the example of Christ on the earth. We are. And so through our relationships, that draws people to Christ. And, um, and the Holy Spirit does the drawing. Don't get me wrong. But relationship is important. And so that's, that's kind of our philosophy on, uh, on evangelism. So where, uh, where, are we at? where we're going and how we plan to get there. Y'all hanging in there? Oh, yeah, we got to move right along. Yeah, we do. So, um, so this is important. And, um, and th there's a much longer story that we won't go into about where we're going. But, but if this resonates with your heart, then you're in the right place. Um, so we believe that we carry the mandate for regional breakthrough. That's big. 
That's big. But he brought two Tennesseans all the way from the south into this region for a purpose. And <laughs> woohoo! And, um, and, and so uh, this is not something that we chose and picked because, man, that sounds great. This is actually something he placed on us. He placed on us. And if I had time to share the story with you, I would tell you all about the story and the reason that God brought us here specifically uh, for this. And we believe that part of that is going to land in revival culture, which he is unlocking as presently as we speak. And, uh, and that will be a part of who we are because we want to function in signs, wonders, and miracles. And we want to have the heart of God. Why do we have so many prayer times? Why do we set aside so much time to seek Jesus? Because I believe that that's one of the keys that's going to unlock it. Amen. That's where it's going to function out of. So how do we plan to get there? We're going to keep sowing seed. Yeah. Because that's important. He created us to multiply, did he not? Back in the garden, he said reproduce. It's always been his method. So we're going to sow seed whenever we get an opportunity. Your life sows seed. We're going to sow seed with our finances. We're going to give generously. We're going to live generously. We're going to love generously. And, uh, and we're going to sow seed every chance that we get. We multiply. And it says that we multiply after our own kind. So check yourself, you know, what are we multiplying? What are we producing out of our life? Um, but that's, we're going to seek God passionately and intently and intentionally. We're going to seek him and we're going to bask in his glory and everything that he opens up for us. We're going to bring it in and we're going to take a hold of it and run with it. And we're going to connect with other ministries. Unity is a huge thing for us. We believe that, that in Scripture it says that the unity of the body, that there will be an overflow of his glory that will be released if we can figure that one out. We are one body, and we are made up of many parts, but we are all significant, and we all have a significant purpose in the kingdom of God, and unity is so important. That's why Friday night, that's why God showed up the way he did Friday night, because we brought two houses together, and we functioned in unity that night, and it was not about them or us. It was just about God, and if we can get that into our spirit and understand it's not a competition about their, that house and this house, but it, we are all a part of the kingdom and the in the body of God, then we can begin to function in unity. Then I believe we'll begin to see regional breakthrough and we'll be able, we'll begin to see revival and awakening uh, sweep through this region. That's the way it's going to come. Amen. Amen. All right. So kind of the next piece is then how do you connect with this? And, uh, and so this morning we want to introduce our family covenant to you. Um, and so, so what this is, is, is just, pardon? No. Um, so what this is, is just a way for you to um, kind of honor and, and commit yourselves to this vision. Commit yourselves to being a part of what God is doing here and how he is, he is uh, I'll say, commissioned us to uh, spread the gospel. Uh, how he's commissioned us to, to nurture and care for people and uh, to care for families and, and, and connect with our community and sow seed. If, what we're looking for is people that are going to come along with us and be a part of this. It's, it's not a club. It's not where this is your, you're signing up to be employed here, if I can put it that way. The pay is terrible, but the benefits are great, okay? And it really is about uniting with, with what we are doing here. Um, and so that next slide, oh, he's already got it up there. Um, 
And all of this that, that's on the screen is also in your handout, so don't feel like um, if we miss something here, you, you have it in your hands, okay? Um, and we call this a family covenant, again, because family is important. Now, we recognize that, that, that not everyone is in the same place. Not every family goes and has the, the same desire and vision to, to be in church and be with God and that kind of stuff, and that's okay. That's okay. That's going to come. That's going to come. So, um, but it's a family covenant because we believe God would, would call the family together. And we're just going to continue to pray for, for those that are, that are serving separately, that, that are, are in church separately, or that are, some are and some aren't. We're going to believe God is going to take all that and bring that family together. Okay? Do you want to read this? I was just going to, just want me to okay. say that. And we can... Oh, so the opening statement, it just, we're just going to hit the high point there, I guess. That this is really about uniting uh, with the well ministries of Southwest Michigan family. And so in doing so, there are a couple things that you commit yourself to God and to the other members uh, to do the following. And the, the, that one says that you will protect the unity of the church. And that means by acting lo uh, lovingly toward other members, uh, by refusing to gossip, because God hates that, actually, and by following the leaders as they follow Christ. So let me just add there um, that in, in doing that, um, it, this piece of it, I, I give you guys permission. If you hear me gossiping, that you interrupt me and you stop me, okay? Because I know gossip is not good, and it's just going to be seeds of destruction, and I don't want that, certainly. And certainly, if you feel like I am somehow gotten off track, lost my way, and I'm not following Christ in some decision in some area, then I give you permission to come and talk to me about it, okay? Let's not, let's not disrupt service. Let's not stand up and make a scene, but you come to me, and we'll talk about it, okay? I, I want to be that transparent. I want to be that available, because my, my desire is to follow Christ in whatever direction that, that he leads us. Now, are we going to all agree on paint colors or something like that? No, there's going to be some concessions along the way that we're just going to have some differences of opinion. But when it comes to something scriptural and biblical, then we can talk about it. So we use the term culture of honor. That's really the way we function in the house. And so we um, believe in honor. We're going to extend you honor and we just ask that you extend us honor. We're not looking to punish people, but we're looking to lead people to reconciliation with Christ. That's our goal. Amen. So the next slide there says, in doing so, I commit myself to God and to the members to do the following. So how are you going to be a part of the family here at the well? It says, I will share the responsibility of my church by praying for its growth, by inviting the unchurched to attend, and by warmly welcoming those who visit. And hopefully if you're here, and, and even if you're just visiting, you see someone come in that, that doesn't look familiar, hopefully you're being friendly. And that's all we're asking there is just, just to be a part of the body. And then number, I think that's number three on your covenant. It says, I will share the ministry of my church. I love this. By discovering my gifts and talents. Amen. Allowing God to do that in you. That's the purpose, more purpose. By being equipped to serve in the building of the kingdom of God. And so that's, that's you coming in and being ready to receive what God has for you from the ministry that's coming out of the house to equip you for the work of the kingdom. And by developing a servant's heart. It's a big deal for us because there's not one 
the master is not greater than his servant, right? It's what it says in scripture. And so the, I am not greater than you. And, uh, and so we just need to have a servant's heart. If there's some way we can serve each other, we need to do that. All right. And then the last one there says, I will support the testimony of my, of my church by attending church consistently, by living a godly life, and by giving regularly. And again, these are all things that, that you're probably doing in church anyway. Um, but, but I want to point out there, there's a little bit difference here with what we're, what we're trying to communicate here versus a membership. I don't want you to sign up to be a part of something bigger. I want you to be a part of building something bigger. And, and to me, that's the big difference in, in this family covenant versus just a membership. I don't want you to be a part. I want you to be a part of the reason it's growing, a part of reaching out into the community. Because let's be honest, God called us to this great commission not to come inside four walls and enjoy the company together, but it's to reach the world outside. This is the equipping room. This is the room where you're supposed to grow. This is the room where you're supposed to be equipped to go out and minister in the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. And that's what we're looking for here is for people that, are, that want to partner with us, that want to be a part of what God is doing. And, and this is the I guess, a formalized way of, of doing that. Um. And this is the first time we've done this. This is the only reason we did it on a Sunday morning is because up until this point, we actually have not uh, presented a family covenant to the body. And so we've been in the well for uh, a, over a year and a half. And so this is kind of the first official time that we're launching this out. So you all are receiving it for the first time. And uh, we, we, there are like I said, people that have been here from our very first meeting. And so we know that your hearts are connected to the house. Uh, but as we grow, there are just a few structures that we have to put into place that are healthy for the house. And this is one of those. So this is not to be intimidating or to be some, you know, we want your firstborn child or anything. But we really are looking for people that say, I'm hungry for more too. And let's do this thing. And let's agree in covenant. Let's come into covenant together. And let's build the kingdom of God. Uh, so I just wanted to share that. Well, bit. I think that's good. And then I kind of got the image. We kind of have the bones and the structure of the body here. Yeah. Now we need the hands and feet to go and do. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for you to, to be a part, to join us in that, to be in the hands and, and feet of the well as we go out into the community. Yes. So um, would just the fivefold leadership, I, I won't necessarily call y'all up, but would y'all just stand so that the church can see who the rest of you are honestly and you don't know how grateful you should be for this group of people this team of people that meet regularly we meet regularly to pray for you spiritually we pray for this house and we seek God on the guidance of this house and uh and and that's a huge deal so many pastors have carried the weight of a church on their own shoulders and to be able to spread that weight out amongst the fivefold ministry this helps us not to have blind spots it really does. You are better for them. Amen. You are so much better, and we are better for them. And, uh, and so we're just extremely grateful, and the house uh, is completely blessed by having them be a part um, to have taken up. And, it, and it, there is a cost that's attached to that, and we are grateful that they have taken up the call to do that. So thank you all. All right, so the last slide here. How many can say Amen. Oh, you all keep sleep. going. There's They're no hungry. amens there. They're they want more. Hungry. They're probably hungry in many ways now. All right, so how do you connect? All we're asking is that, uh, again, you only need one per family. 
Um, if, if you need a second one, take a second one. It's fine. But re, read about... Re, <laughs> you want to do this part? Just read about that, pray <laughs> about it, and then return it. <laughs> um, it's okay if it's got some coffee stains and smudges on it. But if, you, if, you wanna, if you're like, yes, right now, George has got a question. So we're going to get to filled questions. Okay. And then we want you to serve. Let me just remind you, everyone is getting hangry. Okay. (laughs) Go for it, brother. Did I speak first place when you turned last Yes. Where you fill in the blanks? Absolutely. So keep the first part of the covenant and just return the part you think we need. Yes. Thank you, sir. That'll work just fine. That's a good question. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.